Shepherdess at Harmony Farms, where we encourage you to think big, start small, and don't quit. Today's episode is a small portion of this month's small farmer virtual meetup. If you want to join me next month, it is a live stream that I host monthly. Join me at farmermeetup.com. Going to rush straight to the episode right after I tell you about farmontheweb.com. Now, this is my business building platform. It's going to teach you how to build a business on the internet, whether it's a farm business or a handmade crafts business or, you know what, you just name it. The sky is the limit with respect to what you can do with these skills. It teaches you things like how to build a newsletter, how to build a website, how to use social media to drive traffic to those platforms, and more. $14.99 per month or your one-time purchase of any class on the platform might put you on the path to more opportunity than you know what to do with. Farmontheweb.com, farmontheweb.com. And a lot of people are thinking about what is going on in Ukraine tonight. I'm actually just going to roll it, guys. I have been thinking a lot about the Victory Garden movements in... Um, they started at the tail end of World War One, if I read it correctly. And they were super influential with respect to World War Two. In fact, in 1943, 40% of the produce the United States consumed came out of front yards and backyards. And I'm just going to roll this article from Smithsonian Library. Um, giving just a three-minute overview on the Victory Gardens and the impact that they had. I feel like this is extremely relevant because, like I said, we are here because we see the need for more food growers and a more localized food growing system. And if you evaluate history, like I'm getting ready to roll this, historically, that has been essential to getting countries through crises. Um, So I'm just going to roll it. Victory Gardens, originally called War Gardens or Liberty Gardens, made their first appearance during World War I. President Woodrow Wilson called on Americans to plant vegetable gardens to ward off the possible threat of food shortages. During World War I and World War II, millions of Americans helped the effort by turning front yards, backyards, schoolyards, and vacant lots into vegetable gardens. America became the world's leading seed supplier during World War I as Europe faced mounting seed shortages. Charles Lathrop Pack, head of the National War Garden Commission, coined the term Victory Garden as World War I was nearing its end. This was a more upbeat term than War Garden. The term was so popular that it was used again during World War II when Victory Gardeners sprang into action once more. In 1943, with World War II underway, First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt had a victory garden planted in the front lawn of the White House, just one of the millions of victory gardens planted that year. Staged photographs and seed catalogs and instructional manuals often showed women and children tending victory gardens. Books, newspapers, and magazines suggested that home gardeners with limited space might plant vegetables in existing flower beds. Gardens for Victory proposed tucking asparagus, rhubarb, and Jerusalem artichoke in among perennials, while root vegetables could take the place of flowering bulbs. Beginner Victory gardeners were encouraged to plant vegetables that took up little space in their gardens, such as tomatoes, carrots, lettuce, and cabbage. Soybeans, billed as the wonder beans or miracle beans, required little room and served as a protein substitute when meat was rationed. During World War II, every family in America was issued ration books to ensure fair distributions of food in short supply. 
The books contained stamps for rationed goods like sugar, meat, cooking oil, and canned foods. Victory Gardens helped to supplement these items with fresh vegetables. Women's Land Army members participated in both urban victory gardening and rural farm labor, filling in for three million farm workers who had gone to war or industry since 1940. Many had never harvested crops before. By May 1943, Victory Gardens supplied 40% of the produce in America. The school gardening movement joined the war effort during World War I when the Federal Bureau of Education introduced the United States School Garden Army. 2.5 million children were enrolled in the School Garden Army in 1919, producing food that valued at $48 million. Adjusting for inflation, this is roughly $780 million worth of food in 2022. So guys, plant your gardens. Raise your hand if you are a gardener. Now, I absolutely stink at gardening. I am probably going to be um, more of a victory grazier if we ever come to that. But what, some little stats here on World War One and World War II. Um, World War One it began in... July of 1914, but the United States did not actually enter into that war until 1917. So about four years, three years, I'm sorry, um, before the U.S. became active in it. And then with World War II, it began 1939, September, and we did not enter as a country until 1941. And I say all of that because I think I'm, I, again, I can't comment on what's going to happen, but we just need to start today for, for maybe what we don't see today but what we know may be coming. But three things I really wanted to, you guys to take away from that video. And number one is that 40% of the US, the produce that the United States consumed in 1943 came out of front yards and backyards. And then number two was just that school gardening program. Now this isn't really advocating for school programs as much as it is to show the impact that this sort of small set had. They produced almost $1 billion worth of food in that program. Um, and number three is that protein was heavily rationed, which kind of is a good good sign if you are a, a victory grazier and not a victory gardener. So Emily, anybody in Colorado here, it's very difficult to garden. What would be the best crops? Emily, thank you so much for being here. And guys, cold weather gardeners weigh in for her, but I've seen people garden in five gallon buckets. They'll buy a bunch of topsoil and it's just, it's an, on an incredibly micro scale and it may seem silly, but to start in a five-gallon bucket, it's more approachable in my mind for somebody who is just getting into gardening, not as something that you need to eat tomorrow, um, but as a skill that you need to acquire. I was thinking on this topic, and right now we have the luxury, we have a little bit of time to fail. If you start and fail, start again, because there may be some day where you may not have the luxury we are experiencing right now to where we can experience trial and error. So guys, plant your garden.